1: Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sia Najad, and of course, Mike is here, but it's a Tuesday, so I shouldn't have said, of course, but it's Super Bowl week, right? But we have a special guest. Everybody who's watching on YouTube, you can see that we have none other than Alex here, otherwise known, famously known, perhaps infamously known as Prop Stars. Prop Stars, how is it going?
2: Oh, is he frozen, Mike? Yes, I think, uh, I think Elon got to his, uh, StreamYard (laughs) account as well. Um, maybe he's back. Here we are. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Sorry about that
3: guys. Can you hear me? Okay.
1: You know, yes, we can hear you fine. See, normally when you get introduced, there is kind of a hush over the crowd because you're that big of a name. So I think you just staged that, but Alex, long story short, I asked you how you were doing today. How's everything going?
3: I'm doing great, guys. Yeah, it's an honor to be here with you guys. I was so excited when you mentioned this to me, Sia. I can't wait. I've got my Eagles in the Super Bowl, Mikey's Chiefs. So I feel like there's a little healthy sibling rivalry going on there. Somehow Mike and I haven't even agreed to a showdown yet. I think that's for the best as far as my is concerned, though. So uh, <laughs> we'll probably keep that on the DL for now. But yeah, I'm so pumped up for this game, guys.
1: So Mike, that's such a good transition because it's pretty cool that we decided to have Prop stars on the show. Who's a lifelong Eagles fan? You being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. First of all, first question is: I know you're never shy to go to the big game. Are you not going to the Super Bowl this
2: year? I am not going to the Super Bowl this year. Nope, I'm going to stay home and watch it here in the friendly confines. Uh, yeah, not going this year. Got a lot going on there, and you know, it's it's a, such a huge. You know, we're talking about it on the show, right? FFTDFS. Such a huge opportunity to play DFS. Uh, Not often do you get a one-game slate with more than a million dollars up top on the player pool. Uh, You know, that happens literally once a year. And I'd like to try and win that. So I'm going to enjoy my comfortable couch when I watch the game. And uh, I think I'm going to have a better time than if I went.
1: I think we'll all be sweating those MMEs with you. Um, I'm going to be doing more the single entry variety, the three max variety, maybe some 20 max as well, Mike. But um, it wouldn't shock me at all if by the end of the Super Bowl, you've got a handful of lineups near the top for a million dollars. And to that end, I do want to just want to remind everybody we had our Thursday show. We're going to have a Thursday show coming up, focusing on building lineups for the showdown slate, of course. But last Thursday, we talked a little showdown and I'll just kind of like spoiler alert here at the 23 minute mark of last episode that's where on the podcast that's where you're going to find the game theory when it comes to showdown so i highly encourage everybody to listen to that me and mike actually did some some builds and we in some game scripts and kind of explained why the game script led to the lineups that we we constructed and so i really think it's important for people to listen to that show for any showdown uh, let alone the super bowl so again go back listen to that whole show but i can tell you at the 23 minute mark that's when we really get into the game theory the showdown uh theory the game scripts outcomes how we predict that and then how we uh, incorporate a lineup to to establish uh, that particular game script. But Mike and Alex, so I, I wanted to just, this show was really more for props. I wanted to just talk about some of the props you like, which of course can bleed over to Showdown, which again, we'll talk about way more on Thursday. Before we do that, I do want to say um, our FFT DFS contest is live. It's 200 deep. I think we have it close to half full. We're probably in the 70, 80 range, but we haven't really promoted it. So if you're listening to this podcast, definitely get in there. It's our last showdown slate it's our last slate that we can play this nfl season so make sure you get in there try to take that thing down it's only five bucks um and i and i'll also say we've got a lot more prop shows coming on on the early edge uh later on in the week including me and alex being on twitter spaces and then we got our prop show on friday with dave and and coach and uh you name it so uh, we got a lot going on but let's talk about props in this game before we do alex i wanted to ask you because i asked you before we went live and i thought your answer was really interesting the question was, who's going to win this game? My lean is towards the Eagles. Now, you being an Eagles fan, I, I would imagine there's some built-in bias there. But then at the same time, you're you're a professional proper for a reason. You go by objectivity, not subjectivity. So tell me what you're feeling in this game in terms of who's going to win it and who's going to cover the spread. Granted, it, it's basically one and a half. So who's who's winning this thing?
3: Yes, yeah, it's obviously a really interesting matchup. Uh, this Eagles team from start to the season till the end of the season, I really feel this is the most talented roster in the NFL from top to bottom. We look at their offense, their defense, the special teams, uh, just having hurts on this rookie contract. has just really enabled mm-hmm. Philly just to build uh, such a deep roster, really starting with both the offensive and defensive lines, building from the outside or from the inside out. Uh, but I'm honestly, as we get closer and closer to the game, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. I hate to say that, obviously, as a huge uh, Eagles fan. I just don't have confidence right now that Jalen Hurts is close to 100% healthy. Watching watching him the last few weeks, throwing the football down the field, I uh, just wasn't really seeing that part of the Eagles offense click. I think they're going to struggle uh, moving the ball down the field if he hasn't made a significant improvement, and I just don't think uh, until he is able to rest or potentially have off-season surgery, we just don't know the severity of said injury, um, that we're just going to see a Hurts that's anywhere close to the MVP caliber Hurts that we saw through the majority of the regular season. So uh, my heart is obviously with the Eagles, but my head is leaning more and more towards the Chiefs as we approach uh, closer and closer to kickoff, but I'd say it's close to a toss up. I'm sorry to cop out there, but I'm leaning more
1: towards the Chiefs. No, it certainly is close to a toss up. And Mike, it's really interesting about Jalen Hurts. And there's not a lot of people talking about his shoulder injury um, at present. But what's really interesting is that when this injury occurred about six, seven weeks ago, whatever it was, you were one of the voices that would correct me if I'm wrong, that was saying, hey, this one might be a little bit more serious than the reporters are leading on. And here we are, fast forward six, seven weeks, we're at the Super Bowl, and we've got, you know, professionals that do this, that are still talking about this injury, uh, to, to Alex's credit, that it might be a factor. And we saw maybe some semblance of some rust or at least maybe some injury, you know, the last couple of games where Jalen hurts, hasn't looked great. Personally, I don't know whether to worry about it or not. Where are you at with that?
2: Yeah, no, I think it's legitimate to worry about it. Um, there's a couple of things in play here that maybe make it a little less of a worry. Um, But yes, I'm in the camp that believes he's not 100%, uh, whether it's the injury still really limits the way he throws the football, or if it's more of a matter of just simply lost all rhythm and timing with the unit uh, out there um, from missing so much time. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that is interesting about this is we obviously have a significant amount of time off, uh, something that he was familiar with from playing college football. You play and you have time off in between these games before the big game. The big game itself I will say it does help players like this in one way. The one way is that it's always, almost always in a controlled environment in a dome. If part of the reason that he's lacking or was lacking was timing and and rhythm, it's a lot easier to be on time with your receivers when you're not battling the wind, when you're not battling any of the natural elements. That certainly makes it a lot easier. Um, But yes, I would say Mahomes is probably 80% Hertz is 85 to 90%. I I don't think that either quarterback uh, is anywhere close to being 100%. Uh, But if you watch Jalen, yes, the team ran away and won a couple games, but he did not look good throwing the football. And fortunately for the Eagles, he hasn't had to look good, right? They've been so dominant uh, in certain areas. So, yeah, I I think it's a legitimate concern. Um, But I think the time off again and where the game is played, I think definitely – Helps him more than it hurts him.
1: Yeah. And Alex, you know, it leads me to talking about a prop that involves Jalen Hurts with respect to um, Devontae Smith. But before we do that, anything to add on Jalen Hurts and his injury?
3: Yeah, I agree with everything Mike said. I just wanted to touch on real quick. I do think another thing that kind of is leading me more towards the Chiefs is I think there could be potentially a coaching advantage with with Kansas City as well. Uh, Nick Sirianni has done a fine job all season, uh, especially considering, you know, how good this roster is. I I do think other coaches uh, would have plenty of success coaching this Eagles team, not to take anything away from him, but uh, there is definitely an experience difference when we're talking about Andy Reid versus Sirianni, who's obviously coached um, in Super Bowls in the past. So I, I think that's something that could potentially tilt things a little more towards Kansas City as well, If they have a little more confidence in the Kansas City's coaching um, in this game.
1: Oh, I, I totally agree with you there, um, Mike. I, I assume you agree with that. And and what's funny, Mike, is, you know, Alex can say that in the way like Twitter and, and everybody will internalize that is oh, he doesn't think Nick Sirianni a good coach. No, that's not what he's saying. We're just talking about how elite Andy Reid is, especially on two weeks. And he, again, Mike, even without his full complement of weapons, because we don't really know what's going on with Juju. McColl is on IR. He's out. You know, he Mahomes doesn't have everything. But Mike, Andy Reid is Andy Reid for a reason, right?
2: A hundred percent. You know, look, I could be the sixth best poker player in the world, but if I'm sitting next to one through five at the table, I'm terrible. Right? Right. Right. We're not saying he's terrible. He's still one of the best coaches in the football league. He's there for a reason. Um, I have this play that I want to give. I have it listed as player props, but it's not a player prop. It's a game prop. So while we're talking about the game, I want to give it because I Mm -hmm. want your guys' thoughts on it. I just gave it on the uh, mega preview like 15 minutes ago. Uh, I took the Kansas City Chiefs to have more first downs in the game at plus 100. I prefer playing them to have more first downs in the game than I do to playing them on the money line. Uh, Very, very similar price points. I think there are many paths to Kansas City having more first downs in the game, whether they win or lose. So one thing that I think Philly is really good at is they eliminate the big play very well. Kansas City, also, they don't have a kill anymore. We know they're not hitting home runs. Yes, they can to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It's possible. Um, But that's really not what they're trying to do, especially with Mahomes where he is. They're dinking and dunking the football down the field. So if they also fall behind... The Eagles, again, then don't break. They're going to let them pick up first downs. The conventional wisdom here is the Eagles are going to run the football, which takes more plays. I personally think the Eagles' path to winning this game personally here is they're actually going to hit the home run, right? I I think they're going to be able to hit the home run ball, which, again, big plays, more points, takes first down opportunities off uh, out out of play here. Uh, These teams are number one and two in the NFL in terms of picking up first downs per game. Makes sense. Kansas City leads the league picking up 24 per game. The Eagles at 23. Now, if you also want to look at the overall props, they're only set at 21 and a half for either team. Um, But I think there are paths to Kansas City. And then if Kansas City's winning the game, it's likely that the Eagles weren't running the football down the field, picking up first down after first down after first down. So I personally like playing Kansas City to have more first downs in the game as opposed to playing Kansas City on the money line.
1: Yeah, I, I I love that play. Um, Alex, any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think it's solid. I think if we look at the second half of the Chiefs Bengals game, that might kind of serve as. Uh somewhat of a guideline for how uh, this uh, Eagles-Chiefs game might look. I think when we saw the injuries to all the Chiefs players and they sort of bracketed Travis Kelsey, we really saw Mahomes dink and dunk a lot, just kind of rely on the short area passing game. A lot of Isaiah Pacheco uh, really picking up a lot of uh, first downs, but really just kind of uh, picking up three, four yards of play. So I, I wouldn't surprise me at all to see that kind of offense Uh, translate to this game against the Eagles, who, as Mike mentioned, uh, do an excellent job of taking away the big plays. They keep everything in front of them. I really think they're going to kind of force Mahomes just to kind of pick up uh, what's in front of him, what's given to him. And we saw him do that pretty effectively and just really kind of grind out first down. So, yeah, I think it's pretty solid.
1: I love it, and I'm. I can tell you right now, I'm playing it. I, I love the rationale there. I love that it's kind of insulated by a, a various different game scripts. So, and for the record, we and we, we are going to get to our first prop in a second. But you know, it, it involves Devonte Smith and it involves the chunk plays that that Mike's talking about. I, I really like this play quite a bit. So we're actually going to get to Devonte Smith. Uh, there's a prop for him that both me and Mike like. But before we do that, oh, and by the way. If you're in here, hit the like button real quick. Uh, just takes a second. If, if, if you only see the chat, just pull the chat down, hit the like button and pull the chat right back up. We're going to get to that Devontae Smith prop and a number of other props we already like right after this break, right after we hear something from our partners.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive.
1: We are back. This is Fantasy Football today DFS. I am with Prop Stars and Mike McClure. If you have any questions and I will tell you, we're probably going to go about, you know, 40ish minutes, but Mike's going to have to head out a little early. He's got some HQ responsibilities among other things. So if you have questions for the group of us, make sure to get those questions in there. We're going to ask any we're, we're going to answer any showdown questions, any prop questions, whatever question you have, we are going to be be able to answer it on this show. Uh, and I do want to reemphasize that the early edge. I know this isn't the early edge show, but we're going to be doing our Twitter spaces Thursday at three o'clock. I'm going to be joining Alex and, and coach for that. And then, of course, on Friday, we are doing our final prop show of this NFL season with, of course, me, prop stars, Dave Richard and um, Jonathan Coachman, of course. So and I think, oh, actually, I don't know. He's at the Super Bowl, so I'm not a 100 percent sure he's going to be on that show, but we're all going to be doing that show. So get your questions in here, but make sure you tune in later in the week. And obviously, the early edge. It, 10 a.m. And, and the early edge in five at four. You you want to tune into those, of course, in fantasy football today. Uh, the, the long form of the regular fantasy football today show uh, will be going this week as well. They recorded a show today. OK, let's get to Devontae Smith. Mike, we talked about this on Thursday. Th- this is a guy I've, I've liked, you know, a good amount of the season. His over his over under in his receiving yards, it, it opened at around 63 and a half. It went down to 62 and a half, then 61 and a half. I put out a play on sports line. It was 62 and a half. And I like that play quite a bit. And I don't know, is Mike frozen, Alex? Or is he just staring off into space? Well, then, Alex, I'll share this with you because I can tell you, because we talked about it on Thursday, this is a prop that Mike absolutely endorses. And it's Devontae Smith over 62 and a half receiving yards. Now, Alex, feel free to play devil's advocate here because I know that you like A.J. Brown. Uh, Just in general, I'm not saying for this game necessarily. What I do like about the Eagles against a pretty soft Kansas City secondary is that it's such a condensed target share. It's basically... Obviously, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith. And I love, and you know this as well as anybody, the target share that Devontae Smith has has received over the last seven or eight games. I mean, he has sailed past this 62 and a half receiving yards uh, total. I, I believe if you take out last game, which was a weird game, right? Eagles didn't really have to do anything in the second half. I think he's hit this in six of his previous seven and a few of those have been well over a hundred yards. So with that condensed target share, I just, listen, I understand you can, you can try to run the ball against the Kansas city chiefs, but the Eagles like to pass the ball too, even in these games where that they don't need to pass, there, there's plenty of pass attempts to go around. How do you feel about this number? Is it a stay away from you? Are you leaning more towards AJ Brown or do you like the value in this number?
3: No, I think there's a lot to like about this props. To, uh, uh, starting with Devontae Smith, we've really seen him uh become sort of the 1A or 1B at the very least to AJ Brown. Earlier in the season, we saw kind of a uh it seemed like he was more of a B to the A or wide receiver two to wide receiver one. Uh and if we look at the targets uh over the second half of the season, particularly in the in the final six, seven games, uh Devontae Smith was getting just, just targeted, just targeted just as much as AJ Brown. So uh you also mentioned how condensed the target distribution is as well. Another thing I really like about Devontae Smith is they utilize him a lot in the short area passing game. They really like to use him on screen passes. I actually Mm -hmm. think he has a safer floor than AJ Brown. If you look at the box scores even, you'll see that AJ Brown uh, tends to fluctuate. He'll go you know, four or five catches for 130 yards and then two for 20. Uh, Devontae Smith will always be utilized on screen passes, which kind of gives him just a little more safety, which is something I personally like quite a bit. So I like Devontae Smith quite a bit. I think there's a lot of game environments where he can be leaned on heavily, uh, especially in a competitive game environment, which I think everybody's anticipating, uh, especially when we're looking at this game between two of the more explosive offenses uh, in the NFL. So I like Devontae Smith quite a bit. I also think there are some valid concerns regarding if A.J. Brown is 100%. I also mentioned or we've discussed uh, Hurts not being 100%, and especially as far as the downfield passing, I don't have a lot of confidence in in their ability to connect down the field. I think that really kind of uh, hampers A.J. Brown more than it does Devonte Smith, who, as I mentioned, do- is utilized more in the kind of intermediate areas of the field. So I like Devontae Smith a lot. I think this prop has value for a number of reasons in a number of different game environments as well. So as far as all the Eagles pass catchers are concerned, Devontae Smith is my favorite.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this, um, because I'll say it for Mike because he's not here, but on Thursday we talked about this prop, and and Alex, he had his projections, which you know he has his own projection model, his projections actually had the biggest edge on Devontae Smith in terms of the discrepancy between where the line is and where his projection was. His projection was at 70 and a half. I mean, quite a huge edge there, but Alex, I wanted to ask you about another eagle And that's Miles Sanders. You know, what's really interesting is I was on the mega preview with you, which I'm going to forget somebody's name, but I want to list the names because it was just an all-star cast. Everybody can go back and listen to that show because it still has an incredible value. That was an early ed show that we did last Tuesday at 430. It was me and you, Alex. It was RJ White. It was the maestro, uh, who, of course, is Larry Hartstein. Uh, Who am I forgetting? Of course, um, Jonathan Coachman, Mike McClure. I believe that was everybody. And I think one of the plays that you had already given out on Sports Line before we even did that show was Miles Sanders over 54 and a half rushing yards at minus 125. Well, this is why you, you want to be a member of Sports Line, or at the very least, you want to make sure you're dialed into these shows because oh, guess what? <laughs> that line has exploded. Uh, it's between 59 and a half and 60 and a half, depending on where you look. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. It's all the way up to 60 and a half and it's minus 115 there. Again, last week you could have gotten this at, you know. Six yards shorter, which is a tremendous amount of difference. Alex, tell me why you like this Miles Sanders pop and maybe speculate as to, you know, why it's ballooned so much. Is that is that just because people have caught up to, to the edge there?
3: yeah for a variety of reasons Sia. so first and foremost uh, the majority of my prop action is centered around Miles Sanders I am in love with him this week I like all of his props I like attacking him a variety of ways when to break those down first and foremost being his yards uh, when this line o- opened, I knew it was five to seven yards off I mentioned at the time on on the show see if you recall that I was shocked this line didn't open in the mid to low 60s so getting this at 55 and a Half I knew it would ultimately close uh, in the in the low 60s, so uh, a lot of value there. I still think there is some value even at the 59, even at the num- 60 number there. Uh, but, yeah, just looking at Miles Sanders all, all season long CAs, that's such a good – good season. He's really just been the engine of Philly's rushing attack. Uh, he's been so good also with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. If you look at his production compared to with Hurts and without Hurts, the average of full 1.0 yards per carry higher with Hurts at quarterback. I don't think uh, most people realize just the effect that having Jalen Hurts on the field, what it does as far as opening up running lanes and how much attention he commands, uh, and it just really just allows that running, uh, whatever running back is in the backfield, just gives him so much space. So uh, I just think this is a great spot for Miles Sanders. Uh, Furthermore, he averaged 15.3 rushing attempts per game, um, the Eagles averaged 153 rushing yards per game. That was fourth in the NFL. They finished the regular season first in EPA per rush, first in success rate, first in DVOA. So this was the most efficient rushing offense in the NFL. Also, something that really jumped out to me, see, uh, watching Miles Sanders all season long, it is when games were decided by 10 points or less, basically non-blowouts, obviously, mm-hmm. he averaged 19 rushing attempts to... To go along with 86 rushing yards per game. I think this game is unlikely to be a blowout. I think, you know, a lot of people would point to Kenneth Gainwell sort of being. Uh, potentially a thorn in Sanders' side. I'm really not concerned. I think Gainwell uh, will get some of the passing down work. That's something really that Miles Sanders uh, hasn't really done a lot of this season, which is fine. He's going to run the ball on first and second down, and uh, and uh, I think Gainwell will spell him uh, occasionally and get a lot of that passing down work. But in games that are competitive, uh, he really has a firm solid chokehold on all of those backfield touches. So I think miles Sanders is really going to be one of the focal points of Philly's game plan. I think he's going to get a ton of work. I love his rushing yards. I love his attempts, his attempts you can find at 13 and a half. Uh, I just think there's numerous ways to attack him. Uh, I think he's really in line to have a nice game. See, and also I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here Uh, again, we're talking about the fir- very likely the MVP and who's going to finish second in the MVP when we're talking about Mahomes and Hurts. But if we're looking at another guy to win MVP who aren't one of these two quarterbacks and you want to take a shot at something at 22. 22- To one odds, I love Miles Sanders to potentially win MVP of this game. Reason being is when he has a spike game, see, and I know you've seen this firsthand, uh, because I've seen you bet on his props when he's had spike games, he goes absolutely bonkers. He goes for usually 130 to 150 yards with two touchdowns, that sort of production, if he's able to turn 20 carries into 130 to 140 yards with a pair of touchdowns, which he's done three or four times this season, if he's able to replicate that, in the Super Bowl, I really think that will result in him winning MVP of this game. Again, he's, he's shown more than capable of doing that. Seven running backs have won the award, so it's not that uncommon. Uh, besides quarterback and wide receiver, it's the most common position to win the award. So at 22, and a, 22 to 1 odds, see, I do think there is a little bit of value in taking Miles Sanders, if you like those sort of long shot type bets.
1: Oh, I certainly do. And I have a running back on the other side that I like for the same reason, by the way. And by the way, in the uh, in the chat, this is great. Eric David's in here. He says, furthermore, this is getting serious. I love that. And then Bobby Turner says, this feels weird watching without Coach and Uncle Dave, but let's go. Well, good news, Bobby. You get to watch us at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Friday because we will be doing a show for that. We'll, we'll have some more picks for that show as well. But you, let me go ahead and give out my long shot MVP because I'm glad you brought that up. And by the way, again, if you have questions in the chat, by the way, Brock Newsom has a showdown question. A couple things on your question, Brock, uh, and you're asking basically for a punt player. I'll just kind of uh, succinctly uh, say what you were asking about for uh showdown. Uh, one thing you want to go back and listen to Thursday's show, because on the front end of that show, we did talk about some punt plays and actually on the back end too, when we were uh, doing uh, game scripts and constructing lineups based off that. And then also I want to let you know that Thursday at five, we're, we're actually going to be talking at length about our showdown plays. So in terms of what you're asking, Uh, If if that was supposed to be CEH, no, I wouldn't play him. I mean, of all those punt plays you just suggested, I think Justin Watson and Boston Scott are the most interesting. I'd point out Zach Pascal, too, because on DraftKings, he's only 800. So again, get in here, Brock, on Thursday at 5 o'clock, because we're going to be deep diving into all the showdown plays. But my, you know, Alex, my play for MVP, if it's not going to be a quarterback, and let's be real here, right? It's probably going to be Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, but if you're going to veer off that script, well, what you probably don't want to do is pick a receiver because that receiver is going to be connected in a very significant way to the quarterback. So yes, receivers can win the MVP, but it's very likely that unless that pass catcher is getting all the work and all the touchdowns, it's going to go to the quarterback because he's probably going to spread it around like most quarterbacks do so. What does that mean? It means the running back is in play. Miles Sanders at 22 to one, like Prop Stars is saying, but I think Isaiah Pacheco is in play at 35 to one. And the reason is, we went over this on the mega preview last Tuesday, is that you've got three things working for Pacheco. I'm not saying he's taken over McKinnon's role because I think McKinnon will have a role in the Super Bowl. But I I, I will say that he's getting pass catching work that we never thought he would get. He, He was efficient with it as well. Last game, catching five out of six passes for a handful of yards, but also he returns kick but also he runs the ball. Yes, this is a formidable D-line. It's a formidable defense in general. That doesn't mean Isaiah Pacheco can't score. So I just think there's a situation where this could be a relatively low-scoring game. Pacheco can catch, uh, you know, four balls, and, and one of those could be a touchdown reception. He could run one in from the three-yard line or the 10 or wherever you conceive of, and then he has a kick return. It doesn't even have to be for a touchdown. Maybe he has a kick return to the 25-yard to the line or the 15-yard line and you're automatically in the red zone in and the and the Kansas City Chiefs score. So he's effectively scored or set up three scores or three out of the four scores, let's say, or three out of the three scores that Kansas City has. So I think he is really the guy to, to focus on if you're not going to take a quarterback. I think him and Miles Sanders are, are really the smartest plays. I mean, you can take a shot at a defensive player, but boy, that defensive player is really going to have to have one of those games. And I just think it's more likely that, quote, air quote, one of those games is going to be at a position that is in – you know uh, in the, with the running back where you're going to have the second most touches after the quarterback. Oh, Mike is back. Mike, how's it going? Back. Look, dapper, you
2: changed. We changed during the internet outage. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. Being connected to Alex might have some uh <laughs> some, some something going on here today uh, so we'll see, but yes, I'm back. I uh, hope the show's going great. No idea what you were talking about, but I'm back.
1: So I'll tell you we we covered Devonte Smith's over which I know you like the 62 yep. and a half receiving yards. We covered Miles Sanders over which has ballooned from 54 and a half, Mike, you remember our, our mega preview last Tuesday. Alex had already given that play out on Sportsline, I believe, at, at over 54 and a half uh, rushing yards. It's now it's as you know, it's now at 60 and a half in most places. Uh, I'm looking at DraftKings now 60 and a half. So we went over that and then we went over some long shot some long shot MVPs. I gave out Isaiah okay. Pacheco at 35 to one. And of course, Alex, uh, miles Sanders at 22 to one, but Mike, I want to, I don't know how much time you have, but I do want to kick it to you because there's a prop that I really like that. You not only gave out on the mega preview, but you also gave out, uh, on our show, FFT DFS last Thursday. And that's the Isaiah Pacheco over 12 and a half receiving yards.
2: Yeah. Look, I just think the number is a little too low, uh, until we see McKinnon come back in and take over. I personally, I think they're both going to, uh, be involved here. I think that we're going to have to lean heavily on the running backs, Uh, but I think the number's too low. I I think that it's evident that they want the ball in Isaiah Pacheco's hands. Uh, I've mentioned it a couple times, but you don't find it on every team, but every you know, there's 10 guys or so in the league that when they run with the football, they run as if it's the last time they will ever touch the football. Isaiah Pacheco runs with that energy. That's why they've got him returning kicks at certain times. Uh, I, I think that in this particular situation, it's one where he's going to have all the opportunity to get there. I mean, this is something that I think it's incredibly likely to happen on one catch even. Um, If you want to play as longest reception over, if you can find a market for that, I think that that's a fine play, potentially even a better play than going over an inflated number as the 12 and a half probably closes 15, 16, 17 and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I do do like it a lot. Um, As far as Sanders, I want to hit on Sanders in the MVP market. I personally think there are only two Eagles that can win MVP. I think it's Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders Mm -hmm. Uh, to win the MVP in this kind of a game. I think that as a wide receiver um, two touchdowns, isn't enough unless it's the only two touchdowns, the team scores. Because um, it's, you know, you're throwing it in with Jalen Hurts and the narrative and the story about how he, you know, came from where he came from at Alabama, then transferring. Uh, I don't see any scenario that one of his wide receivers wins the award. The scenario I do see is that the touchdowns do go to Miles Sanders. They're up 10 points, sulking the game away here. They break a long 40 yard rush. That becomes his second or third score of the game. Then at that point, I think they have no choice but to give it to him. So, you know, they're, they're, I like to look for little ways. A lot of people like to correlate, well, if you like this, if you like the Eagles to win, just bet Jalen Hurts to, to win MVP. I, I agree with that on the Kansas City side for the most part, but um, I, I think there are more creative ways to find ways to back the team, like my Chiefs more first downs uh, I think is a, a better play than the, the Kansas City money line, for example. Um, if you're betting MVP on the Eagles side, I think it's got to be Hurts or Sanders.
1: Oh, I totally agree. Would you say the same uh, for the Kansas City side that it has to be Mahomes or Pacheco, or, or do do people like Travis Kelsey kind of automatically get in in that conversation?
2: So it's interesting. I don't because of the injury to Mahomes. If they win the game and he throws more than one touchdown, he's getting the award. Yeah. I, I think that it's pretty much how it's going to go. Personally, um, the only scenario that I could see Travis Kelsey getting it is a three touchdown game. Um, A three touchdown game could potentially get him there. If he has a a moment that really, you know, propels him to victory, a long fourth down conversion, something really improbable, I think that it's possible there. Uh, The other thing I'd like you to find, if you really think it's gonna be Kelsey, look for a prop on the number of players to attempt to pass in the game. Um, Travis Kelsey is someone that could definitely throw the football in the red zone. That's something I'd like to look at. The number on the prop will be over two and a half players, right? It's going to be the two quarterbacks. And then will there be any other player attempt to pass? Uh, Remember, Jerick McKinnon, quarterback in college, could very well throw a pass. Travis Kelsey could very well throw a pass. Uh, Anyone on the other side, we've seen A.J. Brown in his career throw a pass in the NFL. Uh, That is a prop that if you're considering taking someone else to win MVP other than the two quarterbacks and Miles Sanders... I personally would recommend looking at that prop because I, I think that they're somewhat correlated. I don't think that. Uh, it, hopefully, that makes sense.
1: It does, and I want to ask you. And again, I, you know, let let us know when you got to go. But you have another prop out here that that is a little obscure to most people, including myself, yeah. frankly. Eagles over one and a half fourth down conversions at plus one ninety. So you're getting the plus one ninety. That's a great number. Explain the thought process there.
2: Yeah, the issue is, is I can't find it anymore. Uh, I played on DraftKings. The market is gone. Uh, at least for now, unless they've moved it and it's hidden somewhere else. Uh, But I do like it a lot. So, you know, not only do these teams lead the NFL in uh, picking up first downs in general, they're two of the top four uh, offenses in in terms of converting first downs. Both of these teams convert fourth downs at over a 70% clip, uh, and they've converted 22 fourth downs this season. When do you convert for fourth downs? Typically in must-win situations, they faced a few must-win situations, but the majority of them came within the normal flow of their offense, right? I personally think Nick Sirianni is someone who would go for a fourth down anywhere on the field almost early in this football game to maybe send the message, show the guys that they believe in him, and frankly, it's the right thing to do. Mathematically, fourth and one, you're going for it pretty much anywhere after your own 30-yard line, you, you should be going for it, right? So I see one happening early in the game, and then either one to seal the game late or one in any sort of desperation scenario. Um, I think that when you're getting plus 90, plus ninety, 190 on over one-and-a-half fourth-down conversions on the Eagles' side, uh, I, I think it's a pretty strong play.
1: Yeah, I like it. And the plus 190 certainly speaks to uh, some – you know, some good return on that investment. Uh, Alex, I did want to ask you about one of your props, because there's some people in the chat that are that are talking about it. So it's hard to, it's hard to get through some of the the chat because everybody's saying Dapper Mike, Dapper Mike, HQ Mike. <laughs> so I'm trying to scan past all of those M2 already always ready for HQ says Ryan Nelson. Um, I hope I wonder if that's the Ryan Nelson that I know from James Madison University. But anyway, some people uh, are asking about the Jarek McKinnon prop. And obviously, and we had this Mike on our DFS show on Thursday, there's people that are afraid of Jarek McKinnon because, you know, they didn't get the production out of him, whether it's DFS or betting the last two weeks, like they anticipated, which kind of leads me to down that Isaiah Pacheco road that we were going down earlier. But, uh, you know, Mike has already said, Alex, that There's room for probably both of them, especially with so many people banged up on the Kansas City side. But I wanted wanted to ask you, what what are you thinking? What's the train of thought on the Jarek McKinnon over uh, receiving yards?
3: Yeah, I am not one of those people that is afraid of Jarek McKinnon. Look, I get it. It's easy to lose sight of the fact that Jarek McKinnon is one of the more versatile playmakers as far as uh, receiving running backs are concerned in the NFL. Uh, if we're just looking at the Chiefs' last two games, really didn't make much of an impact as at all. Isaiah Pacheco uh, certainly outplayed him, and then obviously in the last game uh, – Made a big impact in the receiving game, which is typically where we see McKinnon shine. But I, I'm not deterred. I really think this is going to be an optimal game environment for the Chiefs to really utilize McKinnon's skill set. I really believe he is one of the more talented receiving running backs in the NFL. If we look at the final uh, 10 games of the regular season for the Chiefs. He was really their second best playmaker besides Travis Kelsey over the final uh, seven games. He scored nine touchdowns. He was averaging over 40 receiving yards per game. Uh, You would see his receiving prop as high as 44 and a half yards per game over that stretch of time. And that was with uh, Pacheco getting plenty of early down work as well. So there is enough touches as Mike mentioned for both of these backs to both eat. Now we're getting a massive discount on McKinnon's receiving line. You can find it between 19, 20 and a half up to 22 and a half, uh, which is where I gave it out. Uh, I just, think that they're really going to have to utilize McKinnon against the Eagles. The Eagles do a fantastic job of covering the outside uh, boundary wide receivers. I think everything is going to be sort of near the line of scrimmage for the Chiefs over the middle of the field. Uh, The Eagles have also been susceptible and vulnerable to receiving running backs throughout the course of the season. They're 24th in DVOA to receiving running backs uh, this year. So wouldn't surprise me at all to see McKinnon on the field quite a bit, uh, getting a big discount on the number. There's injuries, as we know, in this Chiefs wide receiver group. I just think McKinnon is going to have to play a significant role. He's still a very talented player. And, again, just getting a huge discount. I really think this game projects for him uh, to be productive.
1: I like it. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I think especially even in DFS, like nobody wants to play jerk McKinnon. Again, we totally get it, but that's why he's a, probably a pretty good play, right? We talked about that on Thursday. He's almost the same price as Pacheco. So of course people are going to opt for Pacheco and that makes a ton of sense, but you know, you're, you're contrarian for a reason, obviously, if everybody liked you, then, then, you know, it wouldn't be as good of a play. So it's just something to consider there. One other play I want to go over and, and we'll wrap up soon, but I've got Patrick Mahomes' longest rush under 12 and a half yards, and I absolutely love it. First of all, even prior to the ankle injury, Mahomes wasn't rushing as much. If you look at like post week 12, there just wasn't a lot of rushing attempts. There wasn't a lot of yardage coming from Patrick Mahomes. He was relatively, you know, he's, you know we know his style. It's to stay in the pocket for the most part and, you know, maneuver around the pocket, buy some time, and then get rid of it. Especially with this ankle injury, that's what I see coming from him. And for the record, against the Eagles defense, yeah, th- there might be times where he's going to have to. Escape the pocket, but on that ankle, I just think he's going to want to get rid of the ball. And for the record, uh, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but but the rate at which the Eagles play zone defense is pretty high. So it's not like he's going to see a lot of man with a lot of def- defensive backs having their back to Pat Mahomes. So this is just one of those like perfect scenarios where I don't really want to take the, the rushing yards under because I think there's a scenario where maybe he could just have four or five rushes and, and one of them could be for eight or nine yards. But 12 and a half yards is a lot against this defense in this moment. I I just think with the ankle, uh, I think he's going to fall under that as his longest rush. So I actually like that better than the rushing yards total under for Patrick Mahomes. But Mike, your quick thoughts on Pat Mahomes' longest rush under.
2: Yeah, I don't mind it. It's not one I'm going to play just because of the nature of the game being desperation. Uh, We've seen Mm -hmm. Mahomes time and time again he's a magician, right? He's able to get out and do things. He's incredibly intelligent in terms of reaching the ball out for the additional yard or two as well. I don't hate the play. Like, I think it's a sharp play in terms of the the defensive scheme that they will face. Um, I just think he's an incredible athlete. And I personally think that we might see situations where they are in desperation. Um, And that that's what I would be worried about personally. Um, So I don't think it's a bad play. I'm not going to end up playing it myself. Uh, but won't shock me at all if his longest rush is five yards in this game.
1: Right. Alex, any any comments to whether it's his rushing yards total of 20 and a half or that uh, 12 and a half longest rush total?
3: Yeah, if I had to choose one, it would definitely be under 12 and a half yards. I think 13 yards is a big ask, uh, especially when we're looking at him hampered by the injury. Certainly looked in the last game versus the Bengals. uh, Definitely his mobility uh, was was definitely held in check we saw that one run against the bengals t- uh, towards the end of the game it really didn't look like he was running anywhere close to uh full speed in that game really looked like he had to gut it out so yeah i think it's a cer- certainly a good look i just think we're going to see him relying a lot more on his arm
1: and we have a comment here from eric which is just so priceless he says is there a prop for Devonte smith drops that they count as a catch anyway <laughs> I mean, you know, somebody mentioned this on Twitter. It was a pretty obvious comment, but but an astute one. The butterfly effect from not reviewing that. I mean, let's go to the Brock Purdy injury, which of course happened afterward. There was so much that that, you know, obviously it would have been a turnover on downs if they had reviewed it and San Francisco would have had it at midfield early in the game. There's just so much. That we we would be we would potentially be having a completely different discussion if not for that. Go ahead, Alex.
3: Yeah, I was going to say I think even uh, Ashton Kutcher wouldn't have married Demi Moore too if that hadn't happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. Wow. Okay. Well, listen. I, I I think that unless there's somebody unless I missed a question in the chat, I think that's pretty good for now. Let me remind everybody that. We are going to have this very same show, FFT DFS, at a regularly scheduled time. Me and Mike on Thursday, we're going to go over our favorite showdown plays. I highly encourage everybody to go back and listen to last Thursday's show. Again, at the 23-minute mark forward, we really talk about a lot of showdown strategy, especially for hand builders, that I actually think is, is critical. If you're ever going to play showdown, I really think it's critical that you listen to that part of last Thursday's podcast as we go into this Thursday's podcast and we talk about the actual plays themselves um mike i i I think that's it for today but alex before we sign off i gotta thank you for coming on i do want to remind everybody that at three o'clock me and you and coach will be doing twitter spaces on thursday and again at five o'clock we do our prop show we're going to be even bringing more props uh to the show uh mike any last thoughts as we as you are about to go to hq as you were talking super bowl what's at the top of mind
2: Yeah, uh, I'll say if you want to play Patrick Mahomes rushing under on second thought, I think it's a pretty strong play. (laughs) Watch the way he ends games with the kneel downs. He takes three to four yards back uh, because we know he's kneeling at least three times here.
3: Oh, nice.
1: (laughs) Alex, any smack talk to throw back at Mike McClure?
3: I wish I had something to give. I just want to tell you guys, it's been an honor to be on here. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, I love both of you guys. Uh, This was great. This was great fun. And uh, I can't wait for this game. Hopefully me and Mike can figure out some angle to bet on as well. I'm sure we will.
1: Absolutely. Love it. All right. Well, thank you. thanks, everybody, for joining us on Fantasy Football Today, DFS. We'll see you Thursday at 5 o'clock. And as you know, this CBS network, Early Edge, Fantasy Football Today, Fantasy Football Today, DFS. We've got a lot more Super Bowl content coming to you, including content coming on Super Bowl Day, I believe. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we're out of here. That's Alex, otherwise known as Prop Stars. That's Mike, otherwise known
4: as Mike. And my name is Sia. See you next time.